So, so, so after we, we kind of get that little bit out this morning, we're going to start this year off with a new series. And just to kind of mention, you know, next week we're going to start a two-week fast. Uh, whether the Lord leads you to do a one meal a day fast, if he, if he leads you to neglect TV for said time, if he leads you to neglect Facebook, how, however the Lord's leading you. The pastor is not saying, hey, you got to do this. I'm just asking, will you participate in a two-week fast with us? And what we're fasting for is we're fasting for direction. Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to reach out? What is the words? Because we understand that in a fast, a fast is not a diet. Because a diet changes the way you look. But a fast changes the way you see. So what we want to do here is we don't want to look different. We want to see different. Now, the perks of being on a fast is, is, is Pastor James might, be, might drop a few pounds. And, and there's nothing wrong with me dropping a few pounds. But that is a byproduct of me seeking the Lord. Because what I want him to do is so much more important than what I want to do. So this morning, I want to start a new series. And if I had to guess, we'll probably go throughout the month of January on this series. And we're going to be talking about something from nothing. So this is part one, duh. But the subtitle for this is going to be called The Beginning. And everything in creation has a beginning point. When we are born, we have a beginning point. Excuse me. And it is a process that it goes through. But what I want us to point out here this morning is that I kind of sat down yesterday and I was preparing and preparing and preparing. And the Lord had pumped the brakes on me. He said, don't get into next week's message or the week after. So I had to pump the brakes a little bit on some of this. So, so I want us to begin this morning. Where else would you begin at? In the beginning. So we're going to be coming from Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bibles. Uh, if not, we do have it up on the screen. I did notice last week, um, and I guess for me it's a different perspective. Becky, for the sound booth, it's a little different perspective. But these lights do have a tendency to put a glare on the screen, and I do apologize that. And I'm trying to wreck my brain on how to, how to work my way around that. Uh, but if not, it, that's okay. Uh, you know, the word is still going to go forth. So we're going to be coming out of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read the first two verses this morning. The first two verses. Genesis chapter 1. If you don't know, that is in the, New Te uh, the, oh, shoot, the Old Testament all the way at the very beginning. Right after it says Holy Bible. Read with me here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. <clears throat> Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your kindness. Lord, that these are not just words, Lord, that just fill our lips but lord they're words that fill our hearts lord in this morning we're not here lord on our own purpose but lord we're here for your purpose to edify your kingdom to to build up my faith lord because as you spoke in the book of romans that faith comes 
by hearing. So, Lord, this morning we want to hear, we want to earnestly hear what the Spirit has to say to us, the church. Lord, we want to hear your heart. Lord, we want to be transformed into what your word has spoken, your likeness and your image. Lord, is what you've called us to. Help us today, Lord, that we would hear you. Lord, that we would see you. Lord, that this word may sink, Lord, and penetrate into the very crevices of our heart. Lord, so that we may be an image and a likeness of you, Lord. Bless this time that we have together. Lord, as, as I step down, Lord, and I allow you to step up and to step in. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here to speak whatever it is that you desire. For however long that it is or however short that it is, you do so much more than what we could ever believe or we could even fathom to do. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we take a close and deep look in these few verses... It can be hard to imagine the creation of the heavens and the earth. You know, ha have we ever really, have we ever really thought about that point of creation? That point of creation. And, and, and just within that thought process, it, it begins to make your wheels turn. You begin to think and you begin to how did it really all happen? How, how did it come into play? You know, and, and so and now, you know, not just now, but over time, you know, science has tried to place a theory and an understanding on how the beginning really happened. So if we could for a little bit, we're going to be a little academic for a few moments and think about a few of these theories. So let's start with the stars. Everybody's seen a star. I mean, we go outside at night. We see stars. Sometimes when we bump our head, we see stars too. <laughs> but we see stars. So a star that we see at night is what we want to talk about for just a few moments if we could. So the closest star to Earth, listen to this now, the closest star, the closest star, the closest one there's thousands of them. But the closest one that we can see is 4.2 light years away. You know how long it takes the light from that star to reach us? 4.2 years. So you know what you're seeing is you're seeing something. You're seeing the light from that star because it took 4.2 years for that light to travel for us to see it. Are y'all following me on that? It's, I, know it, I know it's hard for us to imagine. But, but this, is, this is science. And I'm talking about science for just a few moments here this morning. So that closest star is 4.2 light years. So it takes approximately 4.2 years to see the light from that star. Most of us are familiar or have at least heard of the North Star, right? Any of we've heard of the North Star? You know how far that star is from Earth? 680 light years away. So what does that mean? 
the light left from the, the light that we saw, saw it last night left that star 680 years ago. And we're now seeing it. Because light travels, right? We're, we're understanding it. And that's, that's why I said we're going to be a little academic here this morning. So most stars that we see our night are on average, on average, are a thousand light years away. Because we live in what we call the Milky Way, right? So there's on average, they are a thousand light years away. That means the light that we're seeing from them last night took how long to get here? A thousand years ago. So what? 2024. I don't even know what happened a thousand years ago. I mean, I'm not. I'm not that. Hist- I'm not a historian in, in that fact. And maybe I should have did my research a little bit on that. Uh, but that's okay. So this seems to be fairly easy to understand, right? Simple math, simple equation. Uh, not, not that we understand uh, what the equation is, is for the, the speed of light, but it's on average that each light year is about a year's worth of travel for that light. So, so, just, so the just of all is this, is that so that, we can, so that we are just now seeing what has already happened in the past. So as NASA's newest telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope, anybody heard of that one? We've heard of the Hubble, right? Uh, and, and that was a great telescope. But they, they launched one a couple years ago called the James Webb Telescope. And it allows us to see stars, galaxies, and what scientists and astrologers call the Big Bang. Because that's where their understanding, where creation started here. But we are seeing beyond that, and it is unexplainable. Today, we will, we will be touching on this unexplainable and the reality of what science calls the Big Bang. So now we're going to go to, because we're going to explain this with Scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verses 3. Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 26. And some of this I'm going to try to go through pretty swiftly because I, I know that there are a few slides on this one. But listen to this. It said, then... then God said, now we, now we were just talking about that God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit hovered over the deep waters, right? We, we just remember reading that in verse 1 and verse 2. So now we pick up right here, verse 3, and it said, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters and separate the waters from the heavens and the waters of the earth. Excuse me. And this is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven. God called the space sky. And even passed and morning came marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters sea, and God saw that it was good. Verse 11, then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plants and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. Verse 12. 
The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and, and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the third day. Verse 14, watch this. Then God said, Let light appear in the sky to separate the day and the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And this is what happened. God made two great lights. The larger one to govern the day and the, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. The same stars that we were just talking about here now. God sent these lights in the sky to light the earth. Verse 18. To govern the day and the night to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Verse 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every kind of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. And God made all sorts of wild, an uh, wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish and the seas, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, and all the animals on the earth. And the small animals that scurry along the ground. As, as we can see the resemblance of what happened here. Is that, that the, there was a creation. And as we go back to verse 2 here. Before I get a little bit ahead of myself. So, so as we see in verse 2 here. As we go back to it and said. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit was hovering over the surface of the air of, of the uh, of the waters so the, what was here was chaotic there, there was there was there was no um there was no order to things and see and what happens here is that that the, the spirit of god which is the holy spirit was ready to go forth and to do what we just read verses 3 through 26 i believe it was and that then god said and then God said. And so we, we've got to understand that from the very beginning was the word of God. The word of God. If that is something that's from the very beginning, how could we ever alter that? What well, we look through time, we look through space, we look through et cetera, et cetera. And man has tried over all these years to bring change to trees. So let's create a hybrid tree. Let's make a hybrid animal. A liger, we've ever heard of a liger. 
I, I know we're going there a little bit, but it's a cross between a lion and a tiger. And, and so, and, and, and but what I'm really getting to is, is, peop, is people have spent their lifetime trying to alter. So, so if they've tried to alter their creation, so what else are they trying to alter? They're trying to alter the very thing that was before the creation. And that is the word of God. And we've spent too much time trying to alter what God's word really is. It, it is the author and it is the finisher of our faith. And you see, and, and, and the disciple that he had a revelation of that, that I cannot change. We talked about that this morning for just a few moments with Peter. Uh, Peter said, Jesus, in verse uh, John chapter, eight, he said, I don't specifically like what you said. But I can't change that because you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are the one that has come to take away the sins of the world. And there's nothing that I can do to alter who you are. And we cannot alter God's word. We cannot change God's word to fit our lifestyle. We have to alter our lifestyle to fit his word. And when we get that twisted, when we get that confused then we are trying to alter the creation or prior to creation. So, so, so Isaiah, Isaiah spoke this. Isaiah spoke, man, Isaiah has such a revelation. Isaiah chapter 6. You know, Isaiah was a prophet. We've all heard of Isaiah. Isaiah, man, he was, just, he was giving the people what they needed to hear, not specifically what they wanted to hear. And he spoke to them, and he rebuked them. He brought rebuke to them in chapter 5, I believe it is. But when chapter 6 comes, it, it, it said that Isaiah found himself in the presence of God. And it said the cherub came and it placed a hot coal on his lips. And what was the very thing that he said then? <laughs> I am such a wicked man. If we could just paraphrase it in that words without me turning there. Isaiah, Isaiah understood that in the presence of God, in the presence of God, that he was a nothing. That he was a nothing. So when we get to Isaiah chapter 40 here, Isaiah chapter 40. So Isaiah spoke by a revelation of God. And I want us to understand what this is saying here this morning. Verse 12. Who else has held the ocean in his hand. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? You know what that means? His fingers. The span of a man's hand. What we may see is six, eight, nine, ten inches. Some of us may have bigger hands. But God measured the heavens with the span of his fingers. It, 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 I want us to understand that, that he is the bigger than the universe that we're living in. Scientists say that through the, this new telescope that they can see 13.5 billion light years. So, so what they're seeing is they're seeing something uh, that happened so long ago. 
And they're just now getting a glimpse of it. But, but when by faith, when we have accepted God's word as being infallible, then we have perceived something that science is still trying to understand. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instructions about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? The answer to that is no, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in a bucket, and they are nothing more than dust on a scale. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. All the wood of Lebanon's forest and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering. Let's not go to the next slide yet. Not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The revelation that Isaiah had here was realizing that God is so much bigger than what we fathom. Because our mind begins to fathom about what's here on earth but when we begin to take our mind outside of earth when we begin to think about what's in space and, and, and i'm not trying to be a scientist or an astrologer this morning but you cannot you cannot deny that what is space is space and because of so much of it is unexplored because of of how vast it is, and we're trying to understand it. You know, I, I remember in Scripture, you know, that we're, we're, we're trying to understand God through viewing Him through the wrong lens. And the way that He wants us to view Him is through humility. The way that He wants us to view Him is through His heart. Verse 17. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold overlaid with gold? And decorated with silver chains. Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? You, you see all these rhetorical questions? All these rhetorical questions that Isaiah is bringing to the children of Israel? And so, and this word is still in God's scripture, and it's here for us today to make us think and to make us understand uh, through these rhetorical questions. Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave, what, from the beginning? Are you so ignorant? God sits down above the circle of earth. 
The people below him are like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. Verse 23, he judges the people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare him? Who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. So the question that we have here today is the understanding is that what is this something that God has called each one of us into? Because we all started with nothing. And, and some of us, when we'll die, we'll have, we'll have so much treasure. We'll, we'll have so much belongings. I, I often wonder why, as a, as a kid or a young adult, how does my dad got so much of this? And then when I got married uh, 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 to my wife 25 years ago, I looked and I was like, how does one man collect so many tools? I had never seen so many tools in my father-in-law's arsenal before or in anybody else's arsenal unless you went to a shop. And he had tools on tools. He had toolboxes. He had toolboxes. And, and I didn't understand that how you began to gather all these things. But I understand as I grew older and I became the adult, as I became the, uh, the empty nester at home with me and my wife already, is that it's over time, and it's a process that you collect these things. And so, so in, in understanding that is that we, we started out with nothing, but we have something. But the question that I want us to really pose here is because I want to get away from the physical part of it. It's just a comparison. Is that we have started with nothing because we were all born in sin. And the thing is, is what have we transitioned into? You see, because it, what makes us think that any different that as God created something from nothing. And it was all by what? By his spoken word. Him speaking his word. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here if I could. So have we became so consumed by what we call life or the busyness of life? That we have completely failed to see or to overlook the very one that hung the stars in space and placed earth in motion by just speaking him. We begin to think about him. We begin to picture him in this reference that he's, he hung Every star in the sky, the, the stars that, 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 that you saw so many years ago. How about the stars? Well, watch this. How about the star that's 2,000 light years away? And we're just seeing that very same light that left that star the very same year that Jesus Christ was crucified. And we're just now seeing it today. There's so many things that we, we try to bring an understanding to, but there's not an understanding that we need. You know, it's like, it's like me trying to understand on how to be a pastor. It's like me trying to understand of how we could get people in here. It's like me trying to understand how to write the most perfect message. But the reality of that is that that's God's job. My place is just to do whatever he tells me to do. I've come to the realization that it doesn't have to make no sense to me. 
in most cases, it's going to look foolish to people. It's just we're going to look foolish when we do things, when we begin to talk about the gospel with people. You know, and how many friends that, that may forsaken you because they don't want to hear the gospel. And, and, and it's not that it's fine with me, but in actuality is this. That's just what it is. And if, and if I've got to serve God all by myself, if I have to come in here Sunday after Sunday and preach to myself, but then I'm going to do it because God's called me to do it. I don't have to understand why. I don't have to understand the how. Is because I was a nothing and God has called me to something. And the great news about that is every one of us are in that same boat. We are all in that same boat, and it doesn't make us any difference. So, so when we begin to fathom and think about the one who hung the stars in space and placed the earth in motion just by speaking it, can we not and try to gather our thoughts about the creator and his desires to have fellowship with us? As I recall a series that we preached last year, some of you may be familiar, if not, uh, maybe I'll place the link in, in, in the description on our YouTube or our podcast, but, we, but it was called Fellowship with the King. Fellowship with the King, and this is what we were created for, and I'm talking about the very same person, the very same deity that, that we understand as God, that we have by faith that is God, that he's the one that hung these stars, he wants to have relationships with us. He wants to have a fellowship with us. So watch this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I'm just going to touch for just a few moments on that series from last year. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So we can plainly see that we were created to what? To imitate him because we were created in his likeness and his image. We're all understanding that, right? Amen. So now watch this in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And they heard, they, Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord, of, uh, uh, sound of the Lord God. What was he doing? Walking in the garden in what in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god among the trees in the garden verse 9 but the lord god called to the man and said to him where are you do, do we have a question do we really think that god don't know where he was what do you think god was really questioning here Where's your relationship? Where's your fellowship with me? What, what's going on here? Because I'm feeling a drawn. Yeah, we, we've all, uh, let's just be real honest here. We're all human. And we've had conflict with people, right? And just by the tone or the voice or some of the things that they said, what do we automatically do? We draw. We withdraw back from them. We've all done that, right? Because I don't like the way I don't, I, I used to say, your tone is wrong. But that was before I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. But we've all withdrawn from people. And this is what God understood was happening here is that Adam was withdrawing from him. So if we sit back and we look at the fullness of this verse translated, we will see this statement of fact. Now watch this. And they heard God walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 
in the garden. And then God called out to Adam for fellowship. But Adam had hid himself because he was afraid. This is what the translation of this, of this scripture is. Because walking, walking, when you begin to look up the Hebrew word or the Greek word for the walking here, uh, I'm not going to give you the actual Greek word, but I'll give you the meaning. The meaning of that is to, to go, to move forward, to, to move forward uh, in, in a stance of, of, uh, of accomplishing more, if, if we could put it in that reference. So, so the likeness and the image that we were created in is to have fellowship with God, but sin will cause us to forsaken our fellowship. So to interpret the word fellowship, it means to move forward or to advance. Here, here's the word what I was looking for. To move forward, uh, to advance in a forward motion. To move forward in a motion. I, I call this mutual movement. And sin will divide us and create a space within this movement. And I'm going to show you here in Scripture it, within this same context. So sin will cause us to, to detour from having mutual movement with God. The evidence of this can be found in Genesis chapter 4. We've all heard of Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel, these were the, the sons of Adam and Eve. So watch this, Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 through 14. I know we have a lot of scripture, but, but would you not rather hear God's word on this instead of my word on this? Genesis chapter 4, verses 2. It said, Later she gave birth to his son and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lamb from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if what? If you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Because why? Sin is crouching at the door. This is the first time. This is the very first mention of sin in Scripture. And this was God called it out. Adam didn't call it out. Eve didn't call it out. This is what God called out. So, so how could we ever, how could we ever try to change the creation of what God has called something because this is his word. So this, so this is where I'm getting here to you this morning. Watch this. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. We read that in Romans chapter 6, right? And whom that you surrender your members to is who your master is. If we surrender to sin, then sin is our master. You, uh, Paul spoke about this to the Roman church. So verse 8 here, it says, One day Cain's struggle suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Verse 9. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Look, are we not seeing the very same question that he asked his father, that he asked 
Adam. He's asking him the same question. Watch this now. He's not asking him a question that he don't know. He's asking Cain a question. So here's the question that he asked him. He said, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground which you, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer would the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From, from now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land. And what? And from your presence, you have made me a homeless wanderer. Who, anyone who finds me will then kill me. And we begin to think about this, that we've spent so much time trying to alter God's word. I, I, I don't want to take away by no means the likeness that God's blood, that Jesus' blood has covered our sins. It absolutely has. But if, but if we continue to sin, well, then what happens? What did he say in, in Romans chapter 6? He says, should we sin that what? That grace may abound? Well, certainly not. So what happens here is grace is not a license to sin. If, if I got a, who's, who, who's got a driver's license in here? All of us could raise our hand except for Miss Gabby. But she's close, though. She's real close, I promise you. But we've all got a driver's license. So, so what happens is that when we took the driver's test and when we signed up, we agreed to what? To abide by what? We agreed to abide by them. So what happens when we do not abide by them is there's repercussions to that, correct? Can these licenses not be taken away from us? So my license gives me permission to drive 55 in a 55. It does not give me permission to drive 105 in a 35 mile per, mile per hour zone subdivision. Ain't that right, Marissa? I'm just kidding. I'm just calling you out. She comes flying in the neighborhood sometimes. <laughs> but it doesn't give us permission to go against the law. But it does cover us. He said, I pray that you sin what? Sin not. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father. Yes, we do. We ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness all the time. But I want us to understand here is what God has called sin is still sin. It, 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 you you can it, the, the law of sowing and reaping is what if I plant a seed, well then guess what I'm going to reap a harvest from that. You cannot you can't take away from that. So so we cannot alter what God has called sin. We cannot alter what God has said would separate us from Him. And and Cain understood. That it was because of his sin. Well, he murdered him. Yeah, this was such a great sin. But what did God tell him to do? He said, either you take dominion over it or it's going to take dominion over you. So, so we have to choose, or are we going to do it or are we not going to do it? It's, it's our choice at the end of the day. So this was the case from the very beginning as we know it. And why should we perceive our fellowship to be any different? That our fellowship could be forsaken. That we could walk away from a fellowship. Some, from the very same one that hung the stars in the sky. 
So sin will, so we've all heard this saying before. Sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than what you want to stay. So as we fast forward to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, watch this. See, because he, he, he John, oh, John so strategically chose these words as the beginning started out with as well. Watch this. He said, and in the beginning, the word already existed. Who would agree with us on that? It's already existed. We, we can't change that. We, we can't change what that creation is. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Verse 3. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life and his life brought light to everyone the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish him understanding that jesus christ represents the word of god he is the he is the he is the logos of god he is the logos the spoken word of god but maybe i'm sorry he's the rhema he's he's the rhema and the logos let's let's just put it that way he is the spoken and the written word of god and so we could we cannot change who jesus is right we cannot change him by no means just because uh, somebody may try to uh, disface him but you cannot change the value a nickel is still going to be a nickel but it takes both sides of that coin to produce the value so if we stop and ponder this thought for a few moments in the beginning was the word if we could associate this fact with our life in the begun in the beginning god had you in mind when he created the heavens and the earth he was thinking about james he was thinking about each person that's sitting here. He's thinking about every person that would view us online. He's thinking about every person uh, that, would, that would hear us on the podcast. He's thinking about every person that's in the churches down the road. He's thinking about every person that's sitting at home right now. He, he spoke a word over your life from the beginning. So if we could associate this fact with our life in the beginning, God had you in mind. He spoke a word over you, and he spoke you into existence. And his word is manifested by what? By his spirit. We saw that in verse Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And the spirit hovered over the waters of the earth. Excuse me. And as we dwell over the word that God spoke over your life, how are you living in reference to the word that the Holy Spirit wants to manifest through you. You think about that for, for just that quick, just a quick second. Think about that. How are we allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest the word that God spoke over our life? It's mind blowing. Just to think about that. So I'd like to take a few moments to pray with you this morning, if I could, as we could give us some music, baby. to think about that because our fellowship with him goes back to the beginning it goes back to a word that he spoke over our life
that word that he spoke. The word that he spoke created the heavens and the earth. And then as we read through verses 3 through 26, that everything that he spoke, it happened. See, but on, on, on that one day, that sixth day, God created man. But he created us to have a choice. We became his prized creation. And yet he still spoke a word over your life. He spoke a word that he called you to. He didn't call he didn't call us to he didn't say that I make you in the likeness and the image of this world. He said that he created man to be in his likeness and his image. All throughout scripture God has been calling us to not be like the world. Matter of fact, he said, come out from amongst the world. He said, what light has fellowship with darkness? We all know that light will extinguish darkness. If we turn off all the lights right now, it would be dark in here. I, pro I promise you it would be dark. But if we turn on the lights, then the darkness would disappear. And God's called each one of us to light. As we read that in John chapter 1. Verse 4 said the word, the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. God's called us to light. You know, and so many people have made New Year's resolutions. Oh, then I'm going to work out. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get skinny. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit doing this. I'm going to quit doing that. But whatever that New Year resolution may be, during the process, so many people give up on it. But what better way would there be to start a New Year than to say, Lord, I want to surrender. You know, we sang that song earlier to my I surrender. I surrender. Surrender means to no longer to resist. A person that's been placed under arrest, when they submit and humble to the officer or whomever it may be, they're allowing their will to be over their own will. Are we willing to surrender to the word that's been spoken over our life? You went in Acts chapter 26, verse 14. Here, here's what Saul, here's what Saul, here's what happened to Saul. Saul of Tarshish, which became Paul. And through the Holy Spirit, he gave us 13 wonderful books of the New Testament. A man that I know that walked so dearly because he caught the revelation of the word that was spoken over him. He said this in verse 14 of chapter 26. He said, And we fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
It is useless for you to fight against my will. God's called us to something, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter of our skin tone. It doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what our political status is, our social status is, if we're an introvert or an extrovert. It, it, none of that makes any difference. God's called us. Are we ready to surrender to the call? Are we ready to surrender to the word that he has spoken over our life? Because God, God has called us out of nothing into something. He's called us to walk in his marvelous light. I'm not here to bear your patience this morning. But I am here to bring that word. God's called us to more. God's called us to more. What is the word God is speaking over your life? Let me pray with you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today. Lord, as we just stand or sit, just, Lord, in all of you, the awe, Lord. Lord, the awe of just taking our minds for just that second, Lord, of knowing that you are the creator. We are the creation. Lord, and that you've loved us so much. Lord, that you've called us. Lord, and as I, I myself, Lord, as I desire, Lord, and maybe maybe there are others here, Lord, this morning that say, well, Lord, Lord, I desire the word that you've spoken over me to come to pass. And Lord, I want what you want. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Are you willing Knowing that as we as that one day that we'll face God all along, that God will remind us of the word that He has spoken over our life. Have we thought more of our desires than we have His? Lord, I pray that you touch the individuals today, that you would be with them, that you would keep them safe. Lord, that you would continuously, Lord, remind each and one of us, Lord, Lord, of the word that you've spoken over us. Bless us as we part ways. Keep us safe. Bring us back as you desire. Lord, and we glorify you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.